accidentally used the blonde brow gel on my dark brown brows. <laughs> and so they look like they're there, but they uh-huh. look very – it looks like I'm going gray, but only in my eyebrows. Do you see it? I do, I, I do notice that they're, like, a little bit lighter than – Too light. Well. Too light. Well, you know. So that's – that's been the capstone of my week. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm uh I'm good. I this is probably so gross, but I don't care. Um so I've been having like an a like inner ear stuff. And so I went to the okay. doctor and they were like, my doctor who's a gem uh was like, Well, I'm gonna put you on some Flonase and Claritin, and I want you to do both every single day and we'll see if it clears up. And I was like, okay. So I feel old for using Flonase. Like, I don't know why I instantly associate that with, like, being 73. Don't. Um, don't. Have you ever used Flonase before? I use nasal spray twice a day every day as okay. well as allergy medicine once a day for the entire year because I have – apparently, I have very narrow nostrils. Oh. And so the reason why I sound so nasally and congested a lot of the time is, like, it's – just I have too much sinus for my nostrils. <laughs> so you want to talk to me about feeling? Okay. okay. So that's what I'm doing now is the Claritin every day and then the two mm-hmm. little. F- 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 mm-hmm. And I'm still getting used to the Flonase. And it this morning I did my thing and then yeah. I breathed in through my nose a little too hard. And I got that post nasal <laughs> drip that like went down the Ooh. back of the throat. Ugh. With the Flonase spice, and I was just like, mm-hmm. "I know exactly." This is disgusting. <laughs> so yeah, not like I'd rather time. drown in a public pool full of urine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, I totally understand. <laughs> I totally understand. So gross. Like, why? Is why this do happening? I feel like every once you hit thirty, like from thirty, every single birthday is accompanied with like a new ailment mm-hmm. of some kind or like a new medication of some kind. Mm-hmm. Like it's not supposed to start this early. Life expectancy has gone up in the world, <laughs> at least in the in America. I would like my timeline of ailments to also reflect that. Yeah, no, you get like you we're just not get dying at thirty four anymore as a rule of thumb. <laughs> So can I not have five different specialists that I'm going to no. about my skinny nostrils and other things? <laughs> yeah, it's uh so that's been my week is is that. Damn. But yeah, that, do you feel better? I do. The other the first day I yeah. used it, I was like, "Holy shit, I can breathe." And cuz my doctor was like, "Are you like generally congested and I was like yeah I'm like always stuffy but that's fine and she's like no it's not that's not normal I was like oh well okay so yeah and then it was the conversation of like a separate conversation it's still related of like needing to get more fiber in my diet so I've been on that like chia seed pudding chia seed water just chia seeds is like 90% of my diet now um okay I'm gonna change your life you ready yes there is this brand i Uh think it's called right rice or something it's in whole foods they basically have risotto like bagged risottos you just add water you make it it takes like under 15 minutes to make Uh instead of rice it's like lentil rice 
So it's lentils in the shape of rice, but it t- it doesn't taste like straight up risotto, not going to lie. Okay. But it's a really delicious way to like sub out a side and get, like I'm telling you, you have that one night for dinner and you're giving yourself a colonic basically. <laughs> like you are getting the cleanse of your soul the next morning in the best way. Not in like a violent lava angry way, but in just like a gentle like, thank you for taking care of yourself in yeah, your bowels yeah, yeah. way. Yeah. So this has become this has become the poop episode. I see. I see. Poop. It was only a matter of time. Sinus episode. Just just like excretement episode, you know, orifice episode. Yeah. Yes. I hate both of those words. And I hate that you use them just now back to back. Back to back to back, baby. <laughs> Uh, in my eye now. Oh, so no, your week's been a doozy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. been fine. It's just been like a reminder that every day is a day closer to the end. You know? Yeah. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. But other than that, I did a little like uh, Jose and um his partner and their uh and her family went to Disneyland, and so I joined them like literally three hours before the park closed. It was so nice. Jose Delgado? Uh, Donato? been on the show. Donato? Jose Donato. Who's Delgado? I don't know. But I was like, I think I know a Jose Delgado. Uh, I was a shocker. I do too. Uh, Well, there you go. But I don't think they're the same. Okay. I'm sorry. Go on. Uh, So you went to Disney. Yeah, but just for like a couple of hours and it was so nice. Like I, you know, I have the fortune of living in Southern California so I can have a season or I have a season pass and it's not the craziest thing in the world. But they have these at California Adventure right now. They have a lemon tart churro that, oh my God, girl, is so good. So I transcended. I I need you to walk me through that because there is nothing more sensual (laughs) than someone describing like like reverse engineering a recipe for me. I got you. Was there, was it lemon curd filled? I need to know. Tell me. Okay. So it was like their standard operational churro right which i think like base churro is already delicious from disneyland and mm-hmm. i will pay ten dollars for one like fine they give you two little like not mini ones but i feel like you're getting a little bit more churro with this so you get these two hot churros that have been rolled in the cinnamon sugar delicious then they like roll it in powdered sugar and then they do like a lemon curd glaze on top that they like oh. swish back and forth so it's it's not like super overpowering and it's just because i like i love like a lemon curd i love lemon pastries but a lot of times they're either so tart that they're actually like you're almost like i don't think that this lemon was ripe like something yeah, happened my mouth is raw exactly Why is happening? and yeah. or they're on the opposite spectrum where it's too sweet overcompensation mm-hmm. and this was perfect it was just like just enough Ooh. of like a, a kiss of lemon Ooh. and then the pa- oh it was so good it was so good so, how sticky were your hands not as sticky it? as i thought that they would be honestly like oh. i did a did a pretty good job i will say the powdered sugar got all over my boobs as i was eating because it just like <laughs> fell straight down um but it was worth it and it was delicious so i've been thinking about those and i'm like am i going to go back soon just for those just churros for probably I mean, yeah why not if it's a limited time offer like yeah you have a season pass just literally okay. go in there buy a bunch of churros <laughs> take them home i need 30 churros in yeah. a to-go box 
Let's yeah. wrap it up. Yeah. I brought my own box if you don't have one. Uh-huh. Yeah, no problem. Exactly. Uh, so that's that has been the highlight of my week with the churros. That's the low light. The flonase oh, to the back of the, the throat. The flonase. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yeah, a good time. What about you? The, the, that was an orgasmic description. Thank you very much. There is, You're my love language is food. I love to eat. I love to cook. I love to feed people. I love to read about food. I love to watch videos about food. I love to just talk about the sensations that one feels when they eat something incredible. Mm-hmm. So thank you You're for like my soul left my body a little bit. <laughs> High points, low points. Okay. Yes. Let's see. Well, so low point is I'm very tired. I'm very sleep deprived. Um, Garrett, my fiance, uh-huh. was on a work trip most of the week. So it was just me and a three-month-old puppy, soon to be four-month-old puppy, mm. by ourselves mm. nonstop. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot. Like it was a lot yeah and because you i had to get him up twice a night take him out to pee it's cold outside i gotta take him down a flight and a half of stairs take him back up a flight and a half of stairs Mm -hmm. at some point i was just like bitch you got to do this on your own because i'm tired and you're you're over 20 pounds now you're four months old you're over 20 pounds you're just a little barrel body no, he's supposed to be. Like, yeah, it's his breed. but I, I mean, like you having to carry him up and down stairs yeah. at no, at like three in the morning, at one in the morning. Yeah, no. no, thank you, absolutely not. Um, so and then it's just like dealing with be, working from home, being home all the time, but mm-hmm. like spending time with him, but not spending time with him because I still have stuff to get done, and then feeling guilty because he's just staring at me like why aren't you spending time with me? You're literally right there. And so it's just been a week of guilt and shame and exhaustion, but also love and snuggles and giggles and fun. I also started taking, I take some classes at the local junior college to just expand my life. And I, you know, we're launching a network and I, I am much more of a creative person. I'm taking, you know, some audio engineering classes, some photography classes, filmmaking, like all this stuff I'm very passionate about. But then I also signed up to take an entrepreneurship class on finance. And it like, it reverted me back. I think this is probably my actual low light of the week. It reverted me back to a time in my life where I felt like unless I swam with the current of our society, Mm -hmm. I was doomed. I was less than. I had no place in the world. And I am coming to realize that like finance is a language just like any other language. And I just haven't gotten the cipher between how I understand it and how it's being given to me. Mm -hmm. So I haven't bridged those two kind of versions of it yet. And I plan to continue to push through and learn more and, and get it and get the cipher and understand it. But at in that moment, it like threw me for a loop and I've been in a funk pretty much all week because I like went back to that place of yeah. like, oh, if I'm not a corporate attorney, having graduated from an Ivy League law school, like I, who am I? What am I? What is my worth? What is my value? And it was just one of those things of like, I'm not getting these concepts or I'm not understanding this first chapter of this finance book. Whoa. Um, and just feeling that 
shame of like, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was probably the hardest part for me, for oh. sure. For sure. Especially since I didn't realize that like, okay, perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's the first week you're learning things that maybe you know, but you don't know in the way that they're being given to you in this way. So be patient, stick mm-hmm. with it, and it'll come. Like a, a rational mind or even like a, an evolved mind would say that. And I got there eventually. But in the moment, I was just like, I am nothing. <laughs> and it just like brought me back to like my little child self having to choose what I wanted to be when I grew up and being told that like being a writer wasn't an option, you yeah. know? Yeah. Option. It wasn't an option. So that, it wasn't an option. That's so heavy. Low point. That's... Low point. <laughs> well, yeah, because you've come. In the words of Iris from The Holiday, a.k.a. Kate Winslet, low point. <laughs> low point. Yeah. Well, especially because you've come uh, such a far way from, you know, what, a year ago when you left your, like, yeah. corporate healthcare job and have moved towards following a more creative passion like that, that messaging of being a creative isn't enough. Like that's been ingrained in you for like over 30 years now. Mm -hmm. So trying to undo that and move forward away from it is so hard. And then when you have those, those moments, those reminders of like, fuck, like would life be easier if I just did the corporate thing or whatever? Mm -hmm. Like, I think, I think I've talked about it on this podcast. I know I've talked to you about it um, one-on-one, but a friend and I, who he's also an actor, we were doing a scene together in a scene study class and we were talking about auditions and like, he's somebody who's like, he has been in a, um, like a mainstream film, but like a blockbuster film or at least a film that was supposed to be a blockbuster, but he's like, he has done it. He's made yeah. money, very good money being an actor. And still we had that conversation of, do you ever think it would just be easier if you could just be happy with a regular nine to five and be fulfilled that way and not need to chase this other thing? Because holy shit, this is really, really hard. And I was like, yeah, all the time, all the time. But I realized for me, at least the difference, and I think you are the same way, Julia, of Yes, we could do those things, but there is a there is a huge piece that's missing and it's something being fulfilled by. And I'm not saying you can't be fulfilled by having a tech job or, you know, if that's your thing, that's your thing. But like when you are a creative person or like a storyteller and those things don't interest you, because I know people who are creative and they also love like data analysis. And so that's what they do. And then they like make music on the side. Great. But Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> I hate it. And and when that thing that does spark you is something that's inherently creative and you are told over and over, like, that's not a real career. That's not a real option. Be more realistic. That's not stable. That's not whatever, whatever. It's fucking hard. And it's scary when yeah. those things, those feelings crop back up when you've worked so hard to move through it and yeah. you spent so much time breaking it apart so you don't feel that way anymore but it still like rears its head you're like oh great yeah still there and it's it's funny that we're willing to accept like we at large societally Mm -hmm. right are willing to accept creative pursuits as hobbies Mm -hmm. until 
they yield some sort of success in the way that we're able to understand it, right? Yeah. Money, renown, fame, like whatever that case may be. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, like what an outlier in society to like be able to like be successful and financially blah, blah, blah with their creative pursuits. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, why? Yeah. Like, why are we, why are we attaching judgment one way or another? Like, why are we saying that this way is best and this way isn't and any kind of outliers to those paradigms are moments for us to be shocked and surprised and give us hope. Like I think anyone can be an artist. Mm -hmm. Anyone can, you know, pursue something creative. Anyone can pursue. I know plenty of creatives who ended up going into the medical field as practitioners, took a bunch of subjects, Mm -hmm. biology, chemistry, all the things you need to take to get into like a a nursing program or med school and struggled like Mm -hmm. really like even failed a class or two and had to retake them but they were like but this is where I'm passionate like it's hard I don't get it my mind doesn't work that way but like there's something about it that I feel drawn to Mm -hmm. and so they'll push through it and so it's just like anyone can be anything as long as your passion for it outweighs the fear of your current situation. Yeah. Yeah. When you're so given like the, the capability to pursue those things, I really think it, and again, like there's really no age limit on it. Um, one of my best friends, her mom for such a long time wanted to go into the medical field. Like she wanted to be a nurse. And I think in her late forties, early fifties, she started taking classes again. And now she's uh, I think she's a few months away from graduating with her physician's assistance license or like her, I yes. can't remember if it's her PA or if it's her NP, but like, yeah, yeah, she's had to work her ass off and like, you know, she's much later in life than I think she initially wanted to be, but mm-hmm. it, it like sparks her in this way that she didn't feel, she didn't feel as alive doing other things as she does now. and. Mm-hmm. You know, it took her a long time to get there, but ultimately she is so fulfilled and so happy now. And I think that's mm-hmm. that's the thing you you have to remember is like your life is going to take you in these roundabout ways that I don't think you could mm-hmm. ever predict. Um, mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that you have to give up on whatever goal or whatever dream yeah. it is that you have. Um, Agreed. I think we're given all the answers. I think we're given all the answers. I think we're given all the opportunities. But as a species, our egos are too large. Like the fact that we have, like we're sentient and we have these brains and these brains essentially say like, we are the apex predator, like all of that stuff. Like that ego gets in our way of actually seeing where our truth may lie. Like how many times does someone finally do a thing right whatever it may be whatever situation and then comes to realize later on like oh there were other opportunities where like this thing made itself known to me but I was too like I had my blinders on about this thing that I should have been doing Mm -hmm. that I didn't even see this opportunity and maybe I'm getting a little too spiritual a little too woo woo I don't know you tell me but like 
what you're meant to have in your life, which is all of the best things ever. You have the support of the universe, or if you believe in like a God or something like there's support out there that's outside of just what we know. And this is coming from a skeptic. This is coming from, (laughs) I am, but I've started kind of like leaning into it a little more because it's like, why should we have movies about like Larry Crown or like these movies about people who like get a second chance, a second act, my girl JLo, who like get a second chance and push through and pers- like that's literally people out there all the time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us go with the flow of life, but a lot of us try to swim against the current of where our truth is or where our happiness is because we think we know better. Yeah. And I'm saying this because I'm guilty of that. I've been guilty of it and I continue to be guilty of it and it's something I'm working through. But yeah, just practicing being more open. It's the mm-hmm. hardest thing, but it's also like the thing that'll pull. It'll give you direction, I think. Real yeah. direction from inside. Yeah. It's also like what took me such a long time and I still struggle with it is like for me, I felt the need to get away from the creative field because one, it, I, it was such a struggle. Like right out of college, I was working like <clears throat> 60 hours a week or something at this theater job, making like 10 bucks an hour. And I just like, I was barely, like barely scraping by. And mm-hmm. so for me, it was like survival security. And that's what pushed me into a completely different field that I've been in now for six, seven years. Mm-hmm. But now being in a place where I have like an abundance of security, I'm able to go like, okay, like you can kind of plan for it a little bit better. And the biggest thing I've learned is like having that community of other creatives and having that Mm -hmm. support system and knowing how to ask for help and also realizing like when people are offering help and this is, this is going to... Lex, I haven't talked about therapy this session um, so, or this recording. Uh, if you weren't going to, I was. There you go. Um, but in a in a therapy session that I had this week, we were talking about the ways that people express their love for you. And you came up um, in a good way um, oh. <laughs> because I was like, yeah, like, you know, my friend Julia, she'll, she'll do these like like gentle reminders like hey did you do that thing hey did you sign up for that class hey this thing and um and i i was like and i don't even I'm like so, you're I'm such so a mom happy you think they're gentle because <laughs> i feel like i come on so strong did you do the thing hey, hey have you done the thing you? yeah what's and, stopping you and sometimes i get like oh no like i'm i'm letting julia down ah and my therapist was like well that's like you struggle with asking for help and friends who realize that will find ways to help you without you having to ask for it. And also the way that they express love is maybe different than the way that you it, it, like that you think love is going to be mm-hmm. expressed. And so I had this moment where I was like, oh, like that is Julia expressing her love and friendship for me of like, hey, Second City is uh, they're they're open for registration right now. I don't know if you want to sign up this time, like those, yeah. those little things. So where am I going with this? Um, oh, but like, I think, I think life kind of does that to you too. Like having yeah. that community of people, right? Like people are going to check in with you and 
and show their love for you and their support for you in ways that maybe mm-hmm. you don't expect them to, uh, yeah. or ways that you've been, you know, conditioned to believe. Like if somebody tells you like, Hey, did you sign up for that class? Did you send that email? You might like, I think society sort of switches that as like somebody is punishing you or they're guilt tripping mm-hmm. you or they're, they're making you feel bad. Right. Versus like, no, they're doing that because they support you and they care about you and they want to help you like get to where you're trying to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest thing that I've learned over all this time is like knowing the people who support you, having that community of people. And when you are struggling as an, as a person or a creative, like leaning in on them and letting them help guide you because it, mm-hmm. it doesn't, especially in a creative field, it is not a silo. It can't be a silo. It's, mm-hmm. it's so, it is such an, it's such a collaborative process, especially yeah. like in theater or film. Yeah. You can't be cut off from other people. I think even as a writer, like, you know, if you're trying to publish a book or, a short story or whatever, like you're going to have an editor, you're going to have maybe researchers, you're going to have your publishing company. Like there's a whole team of people helping you get to that finish line. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, community. <laughs> so it's going with this. It's like, what the no, fuck I, I agree. About? And I feel like uh, creatives especially need other creatives mm-hmm. because blanket statement alert. <laughs> <laughs> creatives are more emotional not that they have more emotions but they just are more open to feeling those emotions I mean an actor obviously Mm -hmm. I think creatives in order to create you have to feel something and you have to be able to like you have to want to express that through your art and Mm -hmm. once you it's like cooking right what's the secret ingredient love it's like you're you're whatever you're bringing into the world you're infusing with the emotion that you're working through and so Mm -hmm. I feel like the only other people that are that will understand that are other people who are like have heightened emotions or heightened access to the emotions I also find that a rule of thumb not everyone but most creatives like Mm -hmm. a plus plus gold star on doubting ourselves and overthinking because of all those feelings and so it's nice to have someone who gets it you know I feel like not everyone, but sometimes you talk to like the more rational people, right? You know, maybe someone that does work a finance job or something. Again, not trying to generalize, but like people who kind of live on with their feet on the ground, <laughs> you talk to them and they're just like, well, how do we fix it? Okay, well, let's rationalize. Well, or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like when creatives come together, like we all just need to like get in a circle someone like has a tambourine and we just feel the feels and we remind ourselves like no no yeah I do hate myself but you shouldn't hate yourself because you're amazing like that's what (laughs) that's literally what happens when we all meet up yeah just like no you're the most talented person I've ever met what yeah I mean I'm not but you are (laughs) but yeah you you have so much growth to do um yeah yeah it's also I think like a creative career doesn't have to be what you think it has to be. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't until college when I realized to be a professional actor, like you don't have to be on red carpets and like an A-list actor. Mm-hmm. There's people make so much like 
not even just they make so much money, but they they live like such comfortable lives as like mm-hmm. doing uh just doing commercials or mm-hmm. you know doing like teaching improv classes or whatever it might be like you can have such a a fulfilling and stable and comfortable life kind of flying under the radar of Hollywood and that is totally fine. <laughs> That's like my my favorite thing of have you seen all of these interviews that the lead lead actor I forget why is his name escaping me from the new Disney movie the new Marvel movie um oh uh, hold on. bear with me bear with me Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten yes, Rings yes what is his name hold on let me pull it up why am I never prepared Simu Yes. Did I mispronounce that? So he does all, have you seen all any of his interviews? He's literally no. just talking about like, I was a Spider-Man at kids' birthday parties for years waiting for this moment. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I've seen his his tweets. He tweets about stuff a lot. Um, and I yeah. think he had one that was like, sometimes I miss when people didn't know who I was. <laughs> there, Because there, yeah. there is sort of that comfortability right like you get to have your cake and eat it too or like you're doing the creative thing you're making a living for yourself you're supported and also nobody knows who you are so they leave you alone (laughs) yeah and you get to like make kids feel happy by being spider-man if you're spider-man at a birthday party that's adorable yeah that's so cute dude i just oh my god Mm -hmm. i feel like if i was a superhero at a birthday party I would just, I would be Batman and I would just sit in a corner with a piece of cake, not eating it, just holding it. And whenever any child came over to me, I would just be like, ah, still got parents. Must be nice. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Okay. Maybe that's not my career path. I love that that is like one of Batman's (laughs) defining characteristics is like no parents and he's like in yeah. his 30s and i'm like i i know it's sad it's sad. as somebody who has no parents it's sad but like mm-hmm. my guy it's a therapy session i beg oh yeah he, how Goofy. will i address this grief that i've been feeling my whole life let me dress up like a bat <laughs> throw money at it gadgets you can tell alfred's just like i have had enough of this fucking shithead like <laughs> tired of this kid yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you could be any superhero. Our... Who would you be? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. Why? Uh, I think I, growing up, I just like related to, because the Spider-Man that I grew up with was, was it the amazing Spider-Man from um, the like early 90s cartoon version? Mm-hmm. And he is kind of in the same vein of like Tom Holland's Spider-Man, even Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man of like very sassy, kind of goofy, mm-hmm. sort of awkward. And I just felt like I could relate to that. And uh, story time, another Disney thing. So this was <laughs> some this was years ago, like right as the um Miles Morales arc of Spider-Man was announced. Mm-hmm. And it was like Spider-Man. I don't know I th- who that is. Okay, so if you've seen Into the Spider-Verse, if you haven't, you should. It's beautiful, and you don't need to have, like, a whole lot. So Miles Morales is that – like, that is the main protagonist of Into the Spider-Verse. So I think – and fellow comic nerds, like, feel free to correct me because I never read them, but I, like, went on Wikipedia a lot. Um, I think it's in Civil War 
in that arc uh, where Peter Parker dies. And spoiler alert, spoiler alert from like seven or eight years ago. Um, But I think it's Peter Parker dies. And so people were like, oh, shit, who's going to be the new Spider-Man? Like, what 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 happens with this? And so a lot of people freaked out. And then a lot of other people were like, well, it's Marvel. They'll just he's alive in a different universe. Like, this is just one of the many Marvel universes. So in this one in particular, they were like, what are we going to do? And they were like, we're going to have a a new Spider-Man. And people freaked out. And then Miles was announced. And I was like, that's, I I was excited because I was like, cool, like some, like a character who's not a white kid. Uh, But I was also like, ah, but it would have been kind of nice if like, you know, like if a black teenager was given their own, like if they, they were uh, a different superhero, like they had their Mm. own superhero, you know? And I was at Disneyland or I was in downtown Disney wearing a Spider-Man shirt and there was a cartoonist there. Um, And it was this uh, black artist and he was like, I love your shirt. Um, And so we started chatting and, um, and he's like, oh, do you mind if I like do a caricature for you? And I was like, sure. I have like no money. <laughs> like I am broke. He's like, no, it's cool. I just need to practice anyway. And I was like, all right. So we're talking. And he's like, what do you think of like the announcement of, uh, you know, the next Spider-Man being, um, you know, a black kid from I think he's from Queens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I'm I think it's great. I was like, I do wish like I just kind of wish that like they announced a new superhero. So that way you know, kids could have a superhero that they can connect with. And he's like, yeah, but like, that's the great thing about Spider-Man is like, you know, he's in his mask. Like, you don't know who he is. He could be anybody. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah, you're right. And he's like, you know, and he, we, there was more conversation in between it, but at the end he was like, you know, he could be anybody. Like, don't you want to be Spider-Man? And I was like, I mean, yeah. yeah. And it was <laughs> like, see, like everybody yeah. wants to be him. And when you put that suit on and you put that mask on, nobody knows who you are. So you can be anybody. And then like right on cue, he like flipped the character around and it was me as Spider-Man, like swinging between buildings. It was Do you still have it? I don't. I had no money and I was like, I'm so sorry. I can't buy this. And he didn't like, here you go. Like, but it's a, it's like. to find him. I know. When was this? Burned into my mind. What was the date? God, I want to say this was like in 2008. I guess when was Miles Morales announced? Uh. Uh, we need to find him and we need to find that character and buy it now if he I still know. has be it. like i'll give you three. yeah i don't know i like i can see where you're coming from and i can see the importance of a new superhero but i also feel like it is important for people to see like that they can be the every person you know what i mean uh-huh. like yeah like you like you think of j-lo when she was starting acting she's said this in an interview when people asked her, like, why are you doing rom-coms? She said, because I'm a romantic and I would watch all these rom-coms growing up mm-hmm. and I never saw a girl like me represented. And I wanted to be that girl. I wanted to be the lead of a rom-com. I wanted to be the girl next door. Like, there's no reason that it can't be a Latina woman. Like, yeah. there's no reason. And she's like, and that's why I do it because it brings me joy and it, like, shows other women that you can be the lead in a rom-com. Like you don't mm-hmm. just have to be like pretty and white and blonde, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you probably have to be pretty. 
it's Hollywood, but yeah. Uh, yeah. And so now I feel very differently about it. Like, yeah. um, the new, or not the new, but, um, what was, it? uh, so there's, I haven't watched it yet, but, um, there's the new show Naomi on, I think CW mm. and she's Superman and she's a, a mm. black girl in I there's iron heart. I believe, which is the new Iron Man, but it is a 15 year old, uh, 15 year old black girl. Like it's, it's actually now I feel so different about it. I'm like, no, this mm-hmm. is actually really badass to have yeah. people of just somebody who is not a white man yeah. <laughs> as, yeah. as the hero, because again, you put that suit on, nobody knows who you are. You can be yeah. anybody. And there is sort of that. Well, it's true inclusion. Because otherwise, it's continued division. Yeah, and it's, it's if you say yeah. like, here's your own genre, or right. here's your own right. You can only be this type of new superhero, or whatever. Like right. Black Panther, notwithstanding, because that was an homage to African culture, so like understandable. But yeah, isn't that like true inclusion when you can say that like, yes, anyone from any background can be Iron Man. Right. And when you, you can also like say something really beautiful with it. Like as much as I think the Winter Soldier and Falcon is a fucking hot mess, at least that first season, I have so many notes if anybody wants them. But the thing that I do love is watching Sam become Captain America and Mm -hmm. having to like, honestly, I think that whole struggle that he goes through of you know, finding, um, finding the other spoilers, by the way, uh, if you haven't watched it, but finding the uh, black super soldier, um, Mm -hmm. and understanding that struggle that he's lived with, how he's basically been erased from history, um, Mm -hmm. and how he was, I mean, it's his whole backstory is fucking devastating but watching sam struggle with like what it means to be a black man in america versus what the idea of captain america is right like captain Mm america has been like white pretty boy and Mm -hmm. he stands for justice but he's like but does he and Mm -hmm. and that i think you can do something really beautiful with that when you take the history of that superhero and then especially with captain america and then pull that that whole history of that superhero into modern times and how mm-hmm. that that struggle allows you to have a really meaningful conversation. And I think it's a perfect, like, I, I've talked about it before. I hate when people are like, don't politicize comic books. I'm like, they are <laughs> inherently political. But it, yeah. it kind of allows you to have that, like, get back to the roots of comic books. Like, what do they talk about? And yeah. going back to Spider-Man, even um, Stan Lee was saying, like, the thing that he was like, you know, the Spider-Man's costume being, like, completely covering his body was mm-hmm. uh, not intentionally done. I think he said it was actually more of a mistake. Like, they, the initial drawings, I think you were going to be able to see his eyes or something. He was like, no, nah, it looked weird. So they changed it. And he's like, but what it allowed us to do is now Spider-Man can be anybody. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so I think that was kind of a brilliant choice, which wasn't an intentional choice at the time, but mm-hmm. look what it's allowed us to do. So yeah. anyway, I, yeah, I think you have a lot more power when you do that. Well, I'm, I'm going to say that I would probably want to do, if we're going to talk about this topic, mm-hmm. right. Um, we should do an episode that's a roundtable where it's not just two white women talking about it. I think it's important to acknowledge that, like, yeah, our perception and where we're coming from is very different. And, like, there right. are some 
people that we can't speak for. And so yeah, this is yeah. a really, I think, I think race in the entertainment industry at large is yeah a very big, very loaded topic um, that just us two, like, Right. Only have a limited perspective on how we can sound off on that. So I think it's important to acknowledge that and like acknowledge that we're that like I can't come from a place of like knowing it all because I don't. And I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff that I know that I have to unlearn and a bunch of stuff that I have to learn. So that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. 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 Yeah, This is. But it would be interesting to see people that are you know obviously if they're willing to come on and talk about these topics or call us on the hotline and talk about these topics and sound off on on their opinions and their experiences like i think that would be amazing i know we haven't done this in a while but i thought it might be a little fun not to put anyone on the spot mm-hmm. might be fun to do recos since ah, we don't do them anymore yes Uh, now that we've talked high lows (laughs) which my high i don't know that i mentioned it my high of the week was the fact that i got to do art therapy in my therapy session this week and i it was very uncomfortable i didn't know what was happening uh but then at the end i had this like very colorful like abstract penis and vagina so that gave me a really big giggle because i was like i don't know what this (laughs) looks like and then i finished it and i was like this literally looks like a penis and a vagina so that's the high of my week. Amazing. Recos? Do you have a record to share? Uh, reco that I have to share. I have been listening. I feel like I've already talked about it on this podcast. Um, it's <laughs> called Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod. It just mm. ended. It's a podcast that literally just wrapped like a month ago. Um, so I've been going back through and binging it. But if you are fans of uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, it is a comedy podcast with Andrew Farmer um who is an actor and comedian he has wonderfully funny videos on twitter uh and then anna dresden who i don't know if she's still a writer on snl but she was at the time while they were recording um but it's really goofy it's really funny i literally have been like i need to listen to other things i'm that's the only podcast i've been listening to for like the past two weeks straight like it it it's just so goofy and so funny so that's my reco what about you obsessed um, I asked and I didn't come prepared. <laughs> so nice. here we are. Um, what I've been liking, which has drawn a mixed crowd, is have you heard of this new show? Uh, it's a mini series, The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window. Yes, Emma's watching it right now. Yeah. So where I think we have one episode left. Dope. And it's it's so funny it's so (laughs) funny and it's not getting like i think it has like a 55 on rotten tomatoes and i'm like why do you like why yeah it's hysterical it is a basically a satire of all of those thrillers Mm -hmm. that follow that very specific like pacing and and kind of plot points right of like the troubled woman whose life has fallen apart witnesses a murder but like you know she's an unreliable narrator and then it's like she takes it upon herself to figure it out hijinks ensue and then there's like a plot twist at the end (laughs) and it's just like making fun of all of the little nuances 
of those types of books. Yeah. And I just thought it was like, it's, it's ridiculous. It like is so it's funny. I think it's funny. I don't know why people are not liking it, but Mm -hmm. I love it. I think if you're someone that understands the genre or like is familiar with the genre, you love Kristen Bell, you love dark comedy, you love like a little bit of spookiness, you love a thriller vibe and you want it all in like a satire that looks like one very prolonged pre-filmed SNL sketch. Like (laughs) this is your vibe. It's a vibe. Dope. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I know a few people were watching it and really, really seemed to like it. So yeah, it's funny as hell. (laughs) <laughs> Especially if you're familiar with like a bit about the genre of like Yeah, the like girl on a train, sharp yeah. objects. Yes. All of that. Yes. Like Jillian Flynn. Yeah. Stuff. Woman in the window. Uh-huh. Like, that's that's why it's called like the house in the window of the wood whatever. Yeah. Because like, it's because it's always seeing you through the glass. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Well, so thank you. there it is. There it is. Oh, also, right. yes. I don't know that we introduced ourselves. I'm Julia. Oh, and I'm welcome Lex. To the peony. Welcome to the peony. And goodbye from the peony. Yep. Thank goodbye. you for listening. <laughs> Bye. 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 Oh, I almost forgot that time. <laughs>